Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this Mm -hmm. podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Daryl, Coach D. Andrews on, and let me tell you about Daryl. Mm-hmm. He is also known as Coach D, as mentioned, and he holds the title of America's Passion Coach yes. and serves as the President and Chief Passion Officer of Daryl Andrews LLC and Associates. Recently rebranded as the Motivate Action LLC. As an accomplished author, he has penned several books, including the eagerly awaited self-care movement and post-pandemic leadership. While leading a team of consultants, Coach D has developed impactful frameworks in the realm of self-care, teamwork, and post-pandemic leadership. Today, I thought appropriately, we should talk about why self-care is critical Mm post-pandemic. Today, please join me in welcoming my guest, Daryl Andrews. Hello, Daryl. It is truly, truly an honor. Thank you so much for allowing me to be your guest, and I'm looking forward to diving into this uh, needed topic. Yeah, so before we get into the hot topic... I always ask Mm -hmm. everyone to tell us, where do you call home? Where do you live? I live in Winter Park, Florida, Ah. (laughs) but um, I'm a native of Syracuse, New York. So, Uh, oh yeah, you can Um, hear a little bit of that New York accent. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, upstate, upstate New York. Yeah, it's not, it's not a a Brooklyn, no, for sure. (laughs) Not a Brooklyn accent at all. (laughs) Or the Bronx, yeah. Yeah. So give us a little bit more about your backstory. What led you from you know, that young man to where you are today in this really passion project? You know what? Um, I believe the in the saying, give credit to where credit is due. I, I really do. And um, I think I would like to, if I can say why I am the man I am today and how I ended up here is because I had the most compassionate, caring, and loving mother that anyone could ever ask for. Um, I'll tell you a quick funny story. <laughs> I was very mouthy as a kid, so it's not surprising that this is what I do for a living. (laughs) I had no problem (laughs) communicating, you know, my thoughts all the time. But you know what my mother used to always say to me all the time? She would say, boy, uh, you're going to do something positive with that mouth one day. (laughs) There you go. I hear that over and over and over again. And I'll never forget this, and I'll, you know, uh, conclude, but she's, uh, one time she, she she was speaking at my hometown. They invited me back. You know, hometown guy does good. The city yeah. inviting people were there, including the mayor, president of Syracuse University, just a bunch of people. And I'm ta- I'm speaking to the town. And so 
uh, got done, had this crazy standing ovation, which is incredible when your hometown invites you back yeah. to speak. And I went out, um, I saw my mom in the audience crying. And so I, everybody wanted to talk, everybody wanted to chat. I just said, excuse me, I'll get to you in just a moment. You know, after you speak, everybody wants to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And then so I walked over, I saw my mom, she's crying. And we had a real fun relationship. We bantered back and forth. And I would said to, I said to her, girl, what you crying about? <laughs> you know? And she leaned over, gave me a big hug, and she whispered in my ear, remember when you were a little boy? When oh. I said, one day, you're going to use that mouth to make a difference. 3,000 people in this audience now know what I knew when you were five years old. Yeah. Wow. That's why I'm the man I am today. Yeah. The seed was planted early. So yeah. I give her all the credit. Yeah. And <laughs> she could have been that mom that says, hush and don't yeah, talk shut up. and all that talk kind much. of stuff. Right. <laughs> But yeah. she, knew. she knew she knew and i believe that she sensed it yeah. you know and uh, we're not here to do a parent seminar but i would say to parents out there recognize the gifts that's in your children mm -hmm. sometimes it may seem frustrating but reckon i have a friend that's a, a, a superior court judge in delaware mm -hmm. and he was one of those folks that always debated his parents and his mother used to get frustrated and angry and his dad said there's a lawyer in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so the point is, you know, that this is a bonus for those out there that have kids. So yeah. don't don't squash your kids' gifts. Yeah. It's just encourage them. Yeah. yeah. As you know, um, I work with the youth too and to help them find their voice because I too often, you know, and all those things that we say to our kids, mm -hmm. frustration and anger and whatnot as they're young, that sticks with them. And then they have to come to me to get over that. Yeah, sometimes can I, when I, they're just, 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, they, and, and most people struggle with lifetime issues because of their parenting. But I'll say this, since I know we're going to be talking about self-care and even there's a mm -hmm. hint of leadership, I hope. There's a message for leaders too. Yes, You know, absolutely. the way that you communicate to your employees, yeah. you know, what you say to them in times of distress. You know, are you uplifting them and encouraging them to be their best? Are you belittling them and making mm -hmm. them feel less than insignificant? And then you wonder why they don't give it their best. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially post-pandemic, you have got to realize that words have way more power today than they did four or five years ago. Yeah. Because people are hypersensitive to things these days. I had um, a psychologist that yeah. was talking with the youth that we work with. And she gave a demonstration that I love to share because it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. She yep. um, was talking about how the self-talk that she had, plus the, what her mom and her dad and her teachers and her her peers said to her as she was growing up as a girl from Puerto Rico who mm -hmm. was living in the Bronx and going to school. And um, she was a talker too, you know, and all those things. And so she went through all this dialogue of what she heard. And then she had one of the parents with this paper plate and a tube of paste, of toothpaste. And she said, every time I say something that's negative, I want you just to squeeze just a tiny drop onto that plate. And so mm. at the end, there was, you know, this glob of toothpaste. And she says, now put it back, mm. put it back. Mm. And he's like, I can't put it back. She that's says, right. same thing with the words you said, mm. I cannot take it back. Can't take it back. Nope. That's, that's a great, such that's a, a great powerful analogy. Lesson. In words, you know, when we were growing up, I'm old enough to remember the statement, sticks and stones may break my yeah. bones. Words <laughs> would never words hurt me. 
Whoever wrote that, <laughs> that was crap. That's right. That is, <laughs> that is right. a bowl of crap. That is so mm -hmm. legitimately a sick, insignificant. No, words hurt more than anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, so I'm sorry, whoever that was, maybe in their time frame, it wasn't a big deal. But today, yeah. you better yeah. be careful your words. Better yeah. be. Yeah. So you say self-care is a pathway to wellness. Yes. Um, so share a little bit more about this. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. So um, I have the, I've had the privilege for 20 years uh, to impact countless lives. I mean, via training and development, coaching, uh, working with corporations, organizations, schools, school districts across the board. We've, we've been in multiple sectors. And I started noticing a lot. We've been doing the work we've been doing, we've been doing for a long time, but I noticed it was almost pre-pandemic that that the thing of depression and trauma and all that was starting to increase. Like people seem to be dealing with uh, situations that caused them to be, I don't know, I don't know, somewhat um, challenged, uh, hard to interact with individuals. I, I don't know, a lot of people want to connect it to social media mm -hmm. and say it's social media related, I don't know. But I just came to realization that most people are spending so much time interacting and engaging with others and using their lives in a way where they have, they're focusing on the betterment of other people, i.e. filling up other people's tanks, that a lot of the stress and frustration they were dealing because they weren't filling up their own. Yeah. yeah. They, they weren't filling up their own tank. And so um, we started to really dive into that statement you just made, and that is self-care is a precursor to wellness because uh, corporations, organizations, everyone's thinking about wellness now because they mm -hmm. understand that healthy people create healthy workplaces. Yeah. And so this is what I tell my customers all the time and just people in general, not just customers. You can't force a person into wellness. Yeah, you, cannot. <laughs> you can't write policy. You can't have corporate procedures. That's a personal decision. Yeah. And so, but what we can do, what we can do of Victoria's, we could encourage them mm -hmm. into it by putting together effective systems that provide them with the tools. Mm -hmm. Because to me, and, and the research backs it up, if you want healthy people, healthy culture, healthy across the board, people have got to own self-care. Yeah. They have they got to say that, yes, I appreciate this information that's given to me by you know the different companies and organizations, but I got to get out here and do it. Mm -hmm. And so, I found in the many many places we've been in, ones who seem to have people who own that space, the cultures are a whole lot better. Even in the home, it's not just work, yeah. you know, uh, parenting or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's I'm in better shape mentally when I take time to see myself a little bit as a priority and do those things that help to, and this is what it's all about. It's not just about manicures and pedicures. It's about taking time for me so that mm -hmm. I can decompress. And mm -hmm. so best way I can say it is self-care is filling up my tank. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's something that I learned at an early age because I worked in my first job was with an accounting firm and, and, you know, during tax season, pretty stressful time. And mm -hmm. so I, always knew I had an hour and a half bus ride home 
And so I didn't really talk to people I read or I knitted and things like that so that I could start that decompression because Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as I walked in the door, it was help with dinner. I had seven kids in my family. So, you know, craziness there. And then even when I first got married, it was like to my husband, I love you, but do not talk to me for a little bit (laughs) just so that I can have quiet time because I had constant, you know, Mm -hmm. And so I I think it's important and it's, you know, if we don't get enough sleep, that impacts how we deal with things. If we don't eat right, that impacts how we deal with things. It's Mm -hmm. short tempers and all those things. So you're so spot on, Victoria, you're spot on. Let me say this, you know, it's interesting when we do our seminars, I do this really funny exercise where I will put up a picture of a Lamborghini. I'll put up a picture of a Porsche. I'll pick up all these fancy cars. And I asked the audience the question, uh, if you, someone, a good friend, and this would be a really good friend, were to give you one of these, how would you treat it? What would you do with it? And so I let, let them in their own little circles to talk about it. And then after it, I'll say, okay, how many of you said that you would sell it? Like three quarters of the people say they're going to sell it. I don't know why, but just may don't feel like they did. I said, how many people would just kind of leave it in your garage and, you know, and then, then I then I jokingly would say, how many of you will get on the highway like me in Florida as fast as you can and hope the, hope the sheriff's department's not behind you? And you know, a few of them to say that. But then I ask them questions like, how many of you would take it to a cheap gas station? How many of you would let it go through a wash car wash machine that scrapes up and scratches cars sometimes? How many would you, how many of you would let it get dirty? You know, and and and, and then they kind of know where I'm going with this. And I said, you know what's amazing? The things we value, we take care of. Yeah. yeah. What about us? Yeah. What about us? Why do we care about that car <laughs> more than we do ourselves? And I tell you, you can hear a hush every time in the audience because people start to connect with the fact, you know what? He's right. Yeah. And so what we're saying is self-care means just like you're going to treat that car with mm-hmm. care and dignity, treat yourself the same way. Yeah. It's an eye-opener. You know, in my anti-aging business, um, we I, you know, help sell people and help people with improving their skincare. And I can't tell you how many times I ask, I, I go through the the face wash time as I'm giving them their facial, and the, they're like, "Oh, I never wash my face." That's like, great. What? Yeah. <laughs> your poor <And> face. <laughs> I know, I know, and and you wonder why your face looks. And feels the way it does. It's like, you know, that's the the basics. And I'm thinking, if you don't wash your face, what else don't you do for yourself? We don't, if I can say this, we grow up in worlds, and this is no no fault to parents or anything like that. But we grew up in a world where the average person don't really does not know about what we are talking about. Yeah. You know, they haven't been instructed in it, they haven't been informed in it, they haven't, and so we do what we naturally wired to do, you know. I'll be honest with you. I remember one time I was in a barber shop and the barber did something interesting. He took a hot towel and he wiped behind my ears. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, because there's dirt back there. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, there is? He said, yeah. But see, no one ever taught me as a child, you need to, when you wash your face and all that, wash behind your ears too. Mm-hmm. So that lack of understanding caused me to really never ever think about it. Yeah, And so what we're doing with self-care, you know, uh, we're talking about awareness. Yeah. 
you know, we're talking about acceptance, action, and accountability. Those are our four A's because we're saying you got to be aware that there's a need. You got to, you know, you got to accept the fact that I need to do something. Then I need to take action. And then I need to have people around me that's going to help me remain accountable yeah. because with all that's going on right now, we're at a 20% clinically diagnosed depression rate in the United mm -hmm. States of America. 35% when it comes to millennials. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a serious epidemic that's going to affect not just the workplace, but our li personal lives if we don't make it a priority. So that's why we didn't focus on wellness. That wasn't our message. Wellness is a byproduct to us. Get people to own exercise, sleep, like you said, mm -hmm. diet, community, you know, all these core elements of self-care, personal yeah. time, things like that. That's when you're going to start seeing those rates go down. Yeah. Until then, with all the stress and anxiety we live in our world today, you know, these little devices that 24 hours a day are working with us, we're going to see it increase. So my hope and our message is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do some work with this. We're going to, we're going to, yeah. we're going to create a community out here that's going to cause, that's going to be designed for people to own this space. Okay. Yes. Yeah, as, as you were talking just there, that's what I, right away came to my mind is the value and the benefit of community and you know while there is a lot of stuff in social media that we don't like but there's a lot of groups out there that mm -hmm. it, you know you don't have the excuse why i don't want to drive there i don't want to you know they're right there at your fingertips right and right you there. know uh, for me i have an app so that mm -hmm. people can get in touch with me so easily you mm -hmm. have to reach out to people it is not a weakness to want to have other people to just be a sounding board you know, it's really interesting. Years ago, um, there was a woman, her name is Faith Popcorn. That's an interesting name. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. But she was considered the, not the guru of futuristic marketing. And this is what she said back in 1983-4. She said, sometime around 2000, there's going to be these devices. <laughs> and, and what's going to happen is like, now everyone goes into the living room and watch television together. So there's community. Parents are talking to kids, kids are talking to parents, all that kind of stuff. She said, but when that time comes, there's going to be a process called cocooning. Mm. And she said, cocooning basically means people are going to be isolated. So what you'll have is a person in one room on a device, another person in another room on the device, another person in another room on the device. So the idea of coming together will almost not exist. Mm -hmm. And if you go into the average American home today, that's exactly what you see. Yeah, you know, absolutely. she she predicted this. And so she was trying to get marketers to start positioning themselves for now. And that from that revelation came the emergence of, of, of uh, tools out here like Facebook that made them billions of dollars because they saw it coming. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, what folks don't understand is this. And I'm not against tools and resources. I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram page. I think they're fantastic, but they're not designed for us to set up residence there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we need to, like, I'm a father of four beautiful kids. And we come home, we sit down, they come home, like they're in college and they're they have adult kids. We're going to sit down in that living room and watch TV together. We're going to talk. We eat dinner together yeah. at the same table. You know, don't take your plate and go somewhere else. No, because we have got to work at this. In the company, we got to bring people together, have, have events, activities, lunchroom, whatever, because people need people. And that's back to what you were just talking about. Yeah. 
being isolated is going to lead to depression. Mm -hmm. But being integrated in a culture with people that care about you and love you and is going to speak volumes into your life, that's health. Yeah. And we need more of that. Well, I'm just going to have to have you back and we're going to have to talk a little <laughs> bit more, especially about the self-care yeah. movement and pandemic, because I'm yeah. right there with you that that it has to be a focus for all of us coaches and yep. and leaders out there to really put together the resources that will help curb what is going to come if we don't. If we don't. Yeah. And first of all, thank you for caring about, about it. In my world, I'm looking at all the research. I mean, I, when we talk about sleep, I look at the Harvard studies where it talks about sleep deprivation, yeah. uh, cell rejuvenation, people don't realize organ depletion. Organs are not getting rest. People, we are just really doing so much damage to ourselves in the name of progress. And I'm all for progress. We're all trying to make something out here. But what I'm trying to say to people is let's rest and take some time to take care of ourselves. Let's eat right. Let's exercise a little bit. I'm not saying you got to go all to full till. Yeah, that's right. But do some of the things that can fill our tank up so we can fill up the tanks of others. Absolutely. If you all have enjoyed listening to Coach D as much as I have, and when I connect with him and also uh, find out more about the books that he's written, I'm going to share my screen that has his contact information. If you're just listening, you know the rules. You should have had a paper and pencil already, but go grab something now so you can write down the website. I'll give that orally. And if you're watching, yay for you. So you're going to be able to get a screenshot. All of this, though, will be on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe, as well as my findyourleadershipconfidence.com. All right. So the website is coachdspeaks.com. Again, that's coachdspeaks.com. All small letters. Uh, Facebook, you can go to Daryl Coach D Andrews. Those are initial caps, Coach uh, Daryl Coach D Andrews. LinkedIn is Coach D Speaks, and so is Twitter, Coach D Speaks. Again, all small letters. I'm going to turn it over to Coach D to talk to you about his call to action. Yeah, what I would say is this, um, you know, let, if you want to have a conversation about this with yourself personally or as an organization, if you're leading organizations, go to that Calendly link at the bottom and schedule a uh, just a 15-minute you know, no cost, just analysis, just we can, so we can talk, strategize, see what makes sense. It may make sense or it may not make sense. You can also do that on my Coach D Speaks uh, website. So if you go to the website, which I've encouraged you to go that route, the links that are on, there are links on there for you to go schedule meetings. So let's schedule that 15 minute meeting and so that we can uh, have a follow-up. I will have to say this before we go, for those of you who may Google, Google Coach D Speaks, I want you to be aware of the fact there's a political guy that's branded hijack my brand <laughs> and he's very disruptive that's not me do not mistake me for him that's, yeah. that's some other guy that i have my lawyers working on right now because i've been coached he speaks for 20 years so i don't want people to make that mistake because that's not me i'm about empowering and encouraging folks not politics <laughs> so yeah that's right <laughs> awesome daryl it's been just so wonderful chatting with you and again i do want to have you back so we can spend some more time together mm -hmm. talking about um, what we both think is important to discuss. So thank you so much. So I hope you have a great day. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. 
Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.